Hello and welcome to Bladespod. It is Wednesday the 16th of February. My name is Ben and on the line, as always, it is Andrew. How are you doing today, mate? I'm not bad. Still a bit frustrated from yesterday, but I'm not bad. What about yourself? I'm all good, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying not to... Uh... So the the wind is howling outside and uh, I'm hoping that doesn't come through uh, the microphone here. So I'm not recording this like actually outside, but it may sound <laughs> sort of like I am because yeah, the window next to me is taking a bit of a battering, I think. But let's hope, yeah. that, uh, let's hope that doesn't come through on the microphone. It's obviously put paid to Sheffield Wednesday's game tonight. But... We're going to say we're not going to cancel that. That was idiots. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also, I noticed that uh, Tufty Club had got their podcast out before us this week. So um, I've just seen that. Yeah, I saw that. Good job. So I thought, this, yeah, we need to we need to up his game after last <laughs> week. Yeah. Oh, alternatively, we we trod on some toes last week, and so yeah. we had to go back to this instead. Anyway, <laughs> a nil-nil draw at Huddersfield, followed by a nil-nil draw at home to Hull City. Uh, the word you used there was frustration, and uh, mm. I suppose that is probably the 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 key feeling to come out of this. I guess Do you want to expand on that at all to to get started. I've seen some takes today. If I'd have done this last night, maybe I, I wouldn't have said this. I don't think, personally, I don't think that were any worse than Luton or maybe even West Brom at home. I just mm. don't think we took his chances. The performance were fine. Not amazing, but we're not an amazing team, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think it were a good enough performance to win the game. You just can't waste the positions that we got in. I think it's more about the positions we got in and wasted rather than maybe the chances, if that makes sense. Mm. I thought it were a fairly solid performance on the whole against a really, really poor side. But it's it's a poor result. The performance, I've seen a lot of people saying like it was terrible. I don't think it was terrible. I think I think I think I'm right in saying the XG was the second highest of the season. Yeah, uh, that game. Like... I think it were almost three. So you know we should be scoring three goals there, and we created enough opportunities to win a game. And it, the problem I think is those games happen to every team. You know, uh, it all have happened to Fulham. I can't think of something my head. The whole of beat Blackburn and Bournemouth. I imagine in very similar manners. You know, both games 1-0, they won those. And it happens to all the teams. Just the problem is is we were on the cusp of, obviously, the playoffs and everyone's getting a bit excited. And because we're coming from such a crap start, that is why I think sort of a lot of panic sort of flew about last night. So every, every team has those games. You know, QPR lost to Barnsley last week. Blackburn drew 0-0 with, I can't remember, some poor side a couple of weeks ago. It happens to us all, but because we're playing catch-up, you think, ah, oh, that's a real chance gone. Yeah, I mean... I mean uh... I, I, my own feelings at full time. I was fairly pleased. I think I, I, this is. I, do you know what? I, I was thinking about this today. I uh, I feel like I've been quite negative about United this season, um, with with good reason occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe maybe a bit reticent to sort of get on board the bandwagon of like, hey, we're we're suddenly good again and we're going to stomp to promotion. But I actually. I'm quite encouraged by last night. You know, like you said, we created a lot of chances. We win that game nine times out of ten, probably, if you if it plays out exactly like that. We still didn't concede. I know the Hull went close on a couple of occasions, although mm. most of those were self-inflicted, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, and we weren't we weren't doing that earlier in the season, like creating that it's, level of chances apart from the odd game. Better. Far better than those games we drew nil nil under Slav or lost one nil or whatever. Far far better. We absolutely dominated in terms. Look, there were loads of things that we could improve from, and although we got into good positions, we created chances. We probably didn't create. We didn't ever bombard them. I don't think. Mm. If you know what I mean. I don't think it were ever 
oh, we've had a 20-minute spell here and they can't get out or anything like that. And, and that's something that we probably need to... But we, we undoubtedly created enough chances to win the game. And I think if you win that 1-0, you're saying, yes, yeah, a solid performance. Should have won by more. Back. Should have probably won by more, but you take the win and you move on. I don't think there was much difference between that performance and the other ones we've seen at home under Eckingbottom. Yeah, no, me neither. And that's why I'm, I was quite encouraged by it. I really think if we play like that... In every game for the rest of the season, we'd probably make the playoffs. I, I Mark Duffy agrees with you, because I saw oh, I watched the SUTV thing after the air. Mark Duffy said, if you play like that every week, they will get in the playoffs, because you will win those games. There is something to be said, though, I have to admit, that we aren't taking the chances, and the reason that is is because we don't have great finishers outside of Billy Sharp, mm-hmm. and that is a concern. And obviously we'll come to McBurney and everything in a bit, but uh, uh, that is the concern. We do get into good position. We've got, a, I think we've got a lot of players who have never been the great in the final third. You know, your Baldocks and people like that. Norwood, you know, has not got an assist or a, or a goal from open play for two years and whatever it is. <laughs> whatever, like yeah, whatever we went up. So that that is a worry because we get into good positions and waste them. And without Billy Sharp, I don't think it's a coincidence that we we it's the first time we draw a blank. Um, at home under Eckingbottom and Billy Sharp weren't there uh, and Brewster weren't there yeah. but we're going to have to get over this because he's 36 years old and we, <laughs> we, we are desperate for either McBurney or Jefferson to just do something just get us six goals from now till the end of the season yeah I think that's again why I felt you know pretty yeah, I don't know if I was just in an upbeat mood or something, but I felt pr- did feel pretty upbeat in full time because I was like, there's a number of players there that I don't actually feel have played that well. Certainly uh, <clears throat> from the attacking side of the game. Yeah, yeah. And yet, Robinson misses a, an easy header from a, a set piece. McBurney misses a one-on-one, or as it's saved, rather. And Jai misses a one-on-one that's saved. You know, Gibbs-White hits the side net in with a volley. We had num- so many... You know, chances to put in a, a good cross, as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's like, there's like probably five or six attackers that I didn't think had a particularly good game, but at the same time, we still managed to have quite a high output of creating chances. And yeah, yeah that's if that's your baseline, then I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident. As I said last time, we're going to win more games than we lose because we're so good at stopping teams scoring now. I mean, what is is that eight clean sheets in? Uh, 10 games or something for fun. I think it's something like that. I did have this stat up, but I must have deleted it by accident. But I did have that up. It's some, something along those lines, yeah. We, we've lost one in 13 as well. Yeah. I'm just trying to think now. I think we've only conceded maybe in four games under Heckingbottom or something like we've that. We've not so. conceded at home under him. And it's only yeah. four matches, but that's still. You know, I think there's been a lot of, from what I've seen, a lot of talk. It wasn't fantastic. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that that was just superb. You know, I'm not going to do what the uh, Sheffield Starman did with Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone sees that, let's check my Twitter account out. Um, I'm not going to do that. But it, I think personally, and people disagree, but I think we're good enough to win the game. I don't think it was fantastic and we, and we probably should have had more pressure and we made some terrible choices and we had some terrible finishing. But... It was enough on any other day to win. I think if we play like that against Swansea, we'll probably win. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If we play like that against pretty much everybody, I think, that's yeah. that we've got coming and up the thing left. Is we are going to drop points. Every team is going to drop points. And this is... Hull were shocking, and they're probably the first truly bad side that we haven't put away this season. That's including mm. us as well. But they also did, these did the same to Blackburn and Bournemouth, and nearly to Fulham by all accounts. And we are going to drop points, I'm, I'm afraid. We are going to lose a game soon. 
And it might be against Swansea, it might be against Forest, it might be against Middlesbrough, God forbid. <laughs> but we are, and we're going to have to like, accept that we're going to have games where we're not going to go our way. We're going to have games where we deserve to win and we don't. We're going to have games where we play rubbish and win. It, this is it. But the problem we've got is we're coming from a, a such a poor position that it seems worse because you you're constantly trying to catch up. Yeah, no, saying it every time. I, I get the argument that every time you don't win, it feels like points dropped. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't really feel like that was points dropped against Huddersfield, but this no, a, this no. absolutely is a missed opportunity. Because it's a poor of a result. It's a poor result. There's no getting away from it. They're a bad side. They're near the bottom of the league. I thought they were really poor as a team. Mm. Um, the, people say they defended well. Maybe to a degree. I think it were almost like a, a, I don't know, like a cup performance, if you know what I mean. One of those things that you can pull out of a bag, but. I, yeah, we should be putting them away, but we didn't, and that happens in every season. Under, under Wilder, uh, we drew with Millwall at home, obviously, uh, towards the end of the season. Millwall were in a similar position to Hull at that point. They weren't a good side. And I think that performance was better than the Millwall one, if you know what I mean. But those those games happen. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I guess most of the, I'm, I'm guessing it, but I imagine most of people's frustration stems from the fact like, the longer the game went on, the less we created, I suppose. And That's true. Which, again, I... <clears throat> that happens, doesn't it? I mean, you know, there's a bit yeah. of a cliche of like, oh, they've run out of ideas. But eventually that happens. Teams get tired. The other team gets deeper yeah. and deeper. You just sort of resort into, you know, hopeful long passes into the yeah. box, which is what we were doing to Sharp, who actually did quite well with some of them, I thought. Yeah. Um, so I totally get that frustration. But, uh, yeah, I feel like... I guess, as you said earlier, you know, if we take one of our very presentable chances in the first hour of the game, then yeah, uh, yeah we we stroll away with quite a comfortable victory. Yeah, Jack Robinson's had a good. I think Jack Robinson's had a, probably the best chance actually, over the Njai one, obviously the second half. But McBurney the, as well for the one-on-one. But, yeah, the and header the, as well, McBurney, which uh, was yeah, is a much the, easier chance than I thought in real time. I it's obviously not. That, yeah, it's not an easy chance, but um, he mistimes it completely for me. I think he just sort of goes way... I don't know, He's it, it, it makes it look harder than it is. I, I didn't realise this at the time. I thought he'd done really well to get hold of it, but what's the replay bike uh, a couple of times now? And, yeah, he's, he's got to do better there. Shall we, shall we jump straight into him? I suppose <laughs> we're going to have to, don't we? Yeah, I don't want to... <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sick of talking about him. Like, but I'm going to get palters here. I don't think he were terrible. I don't think he were even that bad. Yeah, I think he, no, me I think neither. I think his hold-up play was all right. I think he worked pretty well. I think he won a lot of headers, certainly defensively, and even got on a couple of headers the other way. They were heading the second half, which he did well to get on that just went wide. Hmm. The problem is he just doesn't look like scoring to me. I have totally irrational feelings towards McBurney where I'm like, and I think I'm, I might have said this to you last night, I just, I just feel he's cursed for us at this point. Like, yeah. th- This is based on no rational analysis whatsoever. It's just like, but I, I can't shake this feeling of like, it's just not going to happen for him here at all. No, like, no. he's he's just not going to score. He can't, I don't know. He just seems to be cursed. I mean, I, I I think he will score a goal before the end of the season. But um, I mean, the idea that he would score two or more it seems very far fetched, which is outrageous, really. I know. And like I, say, I know. I, I was sticking up from a little bit last night. People say, you know, he wasn't the worst player. He was nowhere near the worst player on the pitch. Did we? I think in had a poor game, for instance, and. Mm. The difference is Amjad's shown what he can do. I think the the patience with Bernie runs out because of what is it one goal in what is it eighteen months or something? Yeah, it's December. I believe it was December twenty 
twenty. His last goal for us. His last yeah. league, his last league goal. Anyway, he scored in the uh, and you know he's not had a run of games or anything like that. And he's had lots of injury problems. But last night, I think he was summed up. I I, I think someone mentioned. I think it were. Uh, I can't remember. It was someone uh, tagged you in it that mm. the quote that you said about how he just can't kick a ball very well, which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, and that was summed up perfectly with that chance in the second half. I'm not saying he should score. It'd be a good finish to score. He's outside the area or is he just inside or whatever. But it was such a poor effort. It would have been a great finish to score. But what yeah. you want is a middle ground of like actually hitting the ball hard. And he just, yeah. Make the keeper parry it and see what happens. And he just fall, it falls over as he kicks it. gets almost no power on it. And the keeper just, yeah, is able to drop onto it very, very easily. And... Yeah, he had a you know a chance in the first half where a ball you know he reads it really well. A ball bounces over the defender's head and he runs onto it into the box, mm. and unfortunately just hits it straight at the goalkeeper without you know no no subtlety or you know doesn't just like, hit it yeah yeah Peg-ender. <laughs> Peg-ender. and this is what I mean. I I, I completely agree with what you said. I didn't think he had a bad game, and yes, some of the efforts in the second half, like with his head particularly, I thought were great, but. Mm. It just, I can't, I just feel like he's cursed. Like, it's just not going to happen for him. And I, I, I accept is, that's totally he, irrational. He, I don't know if that's his position as a centre-forward. I know he didn't play there for Barnsley and uh, Swansea. I mean, as a focal centre-forward, he's the only one. Because obviously we played Gibbs-White and then Jai sort of off him. I don't know if that's his position, because he, he does like to drop deep. And I don't think he's as good at it as, like, McGoldrick, for instance, because he's nowhere near as creative as McGoldrick. But... I just don't know if he works as an out-and-out centre-forward. I think he can give you certain things, as I said, defensively. I think he's brilliant. I think he wins headers really well. I don't think he was absolutely appalling. I just don't think he looked like he was going to score, which is mad because he had the most chances. Yeah, did he have seven shots in the end, I think? Something stupid like that. He had three chances that you'd class as at least... I mean, I hate when people say they often mention this on Tough to Club actually, where they say like Billy would have scored it, and you know what I mean, and and then uh, and then obviously he's missed chances as well. But I think give three of those chances to Billy Sharp, and we're talking about at least we're talking about a, a real close chance at the very worst, you know, hit the post yeah. or something. I think so. Look, I'm saying I'm fully hands up. This is totally irrational, and I really, really, really hope he proves me wrong and you know scores. Five goals between now and the end of the season, which doesn't seem like a crazy ask for most players, but for yeah. him it actually does with the situation that he, he has with us at the moment. So yeah. I really hope I look like an idiot. I hope he scores on Saturday, I hope he scores again the next game, yeah. I hope he fires us into the playoffs. But it's been such a long time that I, yeah. I just And this can't... is it. I've seen people sticking up for him and saying he was great and, and, and you know, people having a go at him. And I disagree completely. People tagging him on Twitter. Like, why why yeah, would you do that? Do that. What, idiots. Like saying, oh, you rubbish, get out of the club. It's like the same people who tag the prince. It's like, do you honestly think he's going to think, hang on, this guy is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, Dave from Twitter is asking me to explain yeah, this share He's explaining these financial decisions you're making. Like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the time I'm going to reveal what I'm doing. It's just in 240 like, characters. Yeah, in 240 <laughs> characters. I like explain the entire workings of the club and my ambitions. But I think, like, for instance, with McBurney, I, I agree with the people sticking up for him in the sense that I don't think he was the worst player on the pitch. I, I think he probably a six out of ten for me um, at Burnley. I think that that was his performance overall. If Billy Sharp plays like that, you're probably saying no, I didn't really quite fall for him today. But you know, he you know he, he did things off the board and stuff like that. The problem is how long this has been going on for, and how long he's not scored for, and how few good performances that he's had. Yeah, and and that's I mean you mentioned Sharp. 
Credit in the bank for Sharp. Mm. This season and every other season. And Jai, to a lesser extent, credit in the bank because he does yeah. a lot of other things. And this as, is this is the argument. As well as score. So, yeah, completely. And this is the argument. Gibbs White's had two pretty poor games by his standards. Mm-hmm. No one's on here saying, Gibbs White, oh, what a waste of time. Because he's done stuff. And McBurney since, what, Tottenham at Chelsea at home? And that 3-0, whichever, how many years ago that were now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the last time that he probably put in an 8 out of 10 performance. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And, yeah, he has had limited minutes. You know, he's had COVID that hit him quite badly and, um, you know, took a long while to recover. He obviously had uh, at least two injuries that kept him out for significant stretches last season. I mean, I I think he's only played, like, 1,400 minutes uh, since he he last scored. He's never been fully fit this season, pretty much from from the start. Yeah, there's that as well. So there are mitigating factors, but I guess the key question is, do you want to see him starting on Saturday? Or do we uh, are we looking at a Burton Loney elephant in the room getting more minutes? I'm a bit... The, the Jebison thing. The Jebison thing for me, I wanted to see him last night just because I didn't think it were going to ever go in, and it didn't, but I'm not saying it had done anything different. I completely understand Ekin Bottom's comments after... I don't know if you heard him where he said... I did, yeah, I was going to raise this, yeah. Yeah, where he said, you know, if the ball's going to fall to anyone, it's probably going to fall to Sharp. And their only threat were coming from set pieces towards the end with a big dude up front, what was his name, Tom Eaves. Eaves, I think, yeah. Yeah, and McBurney did well defensively. I, I see it, I, do, I really do see it. I know people were frustrated and saying, when's he ever going to get a chance? But it, it's one of those where it, people see it as negative. We didn't need to win. It wasn't like we were desperate for three points, so let's not lose, if you know what I mean. Like, let's not... Let's not them get a goal off a set piece. I mean, if they took McBurney off, Jefferson had come on, they scored off a set piece, Tommy Hughes, what would everyone be saying? Should have left McBurney on that, the only threat that they had, you know what I mean? So Probably uh, probably would have still blamed McBurney for missing all the chances in the yeah, first place. Yeah, very true, very true, yeah. But the, the thing is, I, I sort of, but we are, the fact we brought him back, we are going to have to play him in one of the games, and I thought maybe this one was the game hmm. to play him in because it's the weakest out of all the teams that we've got in this in this run. Yeah, I so that I, I wanted Jebison last night as well and then when I heard as you said I heard that those comments from Heckebomb was like, oh, okay, well at least as you know, I, I get that logic. I mean, you know, I I might not totally agree with it, but it, it makes sense what you're saying, mm. so fair enough, roll with it. Um but yeah, you I mean, just by virtue of the fact we only have three fit strikers right now. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. Yeah, McGoldrick, it doesn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon. No, no, no. So uh, it's all on Sharp, McBurney and Jebison. There's, you know, the old the old hand who's having a fantastic season but can't realistically be expected to play 90 minutes every game as we saw, every yeah, every single game uh, yeah, as we saw yeah. in this one. And he is 36, Sharp. I don't know he's fit, but your body does change, as I know and you know, <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. you get around that age. You know, it's not that... It, it, I don't know what we do if he... I mean, people say you can't drop your best striker, and I've seen a lot of people saying stop changing the team and all this sort of stuff. Sharp in particular, we need to protect him as much as we can. And yeah, people look at it and say, well, we'll, we didn't play him and we dropped two points, and I completely take that argument on board. But we had to pick a game where he wasn't going to play, realistically. Because if I'd rather drop two points against Hull than him play against Hull and then pull up, and then he's out for the season, which might happen anyway. But we are relying almost solely on a 36-year-old striker. Yeah. It's not a great position to be in, to be honest. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, I I guess the 
we'll just reach a stage where we can't uh, we can't roll that dice anymore in terms of yeah. like no we we have to win these games. <laughs> you yeah, know, you, yeah. if you yeah. if you you know say we lose or draw against Swansea on Saturday, for example, then I think that Blackburn game becomes you know pretty important that we get three points out. Yeah, of and, and yeah, you know, or the game after that as well. So yeah, it's uh, this is where the frustration is exacerbated with McBurney because it's like. You can play like absolute crap for all I care for the rest of the season, but please, for the love of God, take a chance. Yeah, take it on some your of the slack. In. Take some of the slack off Sharp, and um, yeah, that will make all the difference. And, I, and I, on Jebison, I do feel there's a lot. There's going to be. It seems like a lot of pressure for me for him. He's 18 years old. He only broke into the Burton team as a full, you know, starting every week about two months ago, two months before he came back. Should I say? Mm. It, it, he's, he had an up and down time at the start. He was getting goals, but you look at the what the Burton fans were saying. They were like, mm, you know, he was a bit naive in this thing here, blah blah blah. And then he got better and better. But this is League One, and and this is the top end of the Championship now. It is a massive jump, and he's eighteen. I, I don't, I don't like this idea that if if we play Jebison, everything's going to be fine, and he's definitely going to be better than McBurney, because I don't know if that's going to happen because I've not seen enough of him. Yeah, well, I guess the point is uh, we'd like to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it's it, it is hard not to imagine, you know, what what he he could be versus what you know we put out last night, for example. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I think he's probably. I mean, I, don't, I ain't seen enough of him, but just looking at the goals he scored in League One, it is a different. I mean, how many goals will McBurney get at Burton? Do we think it's hard to say, isn't it? It is, but I, I don't know. I, I mean. Right now, I'm probably, you know, I wouldn't bet that he'd get more than Jebison got in the same amount of opportunities. Just no, no, no. Of the yeah, the form that he's been in, and yeah. And Jebison is what I do like about Jebison is like what I said about McBurney is that Jebison is a full-on centre forward. He's not. Mm-hmm. McBurney comes in from the right, and that's where he got his best best days far from Swansea, and you know, playing in like a three. Jebison is a like Sharp, a, a full-on centre forward, and yeah. and maybe that. You know, maybe maybe he should be the second behind Sharp. Well, I, th- I do think he's a completely different player to McBurney. Like his mm. his game is much more. Yeah, as you say, he is that centre forward that is going to occupy central defenders and you know be a physical, athletic presence. You know, not to yeah. sort of uh, uh, simplify his ability. That's that's no, just but you're one right. of his strengths that we don't have probably in the rest of the squad. Really, to be honest. No, and there's a reason people are looking at him. Whether he's ready or not, I'm not sure. And I, I just, like I say, I just don't think he may. He, I don't think he's the answer. But as you said, I, I don't know how long McBurney can. He's only started two games, in fairness yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah. Like since second bottoms come in, so he might be going a bit overboard. But how long can he keep sort of not scoring for before you say, right? I'm afraid, mate, that Jebison's in front of you now. Yeah, I think he probably starts again on Saturday with McBurney. Uh... Yeah, unless Sharp's just going to come in. I'm just looking at the lineup now. Yeah, maybe it'll just be Sharp with the I'm other two. I'm not sure. I think Sharp might come back in. Maybe uh, Njai drops out for Berger. Had a good game. <laughs> I thought when he came on. Yeah, so let's let's talk the lineup there. I think I think uh, Sharp definitely definitely starts on Saturday, regardless. But uh, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. McBurney's or not. So uh, I believe four changes again. So we, we love four changes yeah. at the minute. Out go. Uh, well, the whole midfield, I suppose. Um, for mm. Norwood and Hurahan are both back in, and Jai starts. Uh, Baldock switches back to the right, and Norrington Davies is in mm. at left wing back, and obviously McBurney. Um, and McBurney continues up front, I should say. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so the game. Sorry, we've not really touched on this yet. Um, 
And I know it's, I, I get kind of bored talking about this because so many teams do it, and particularly yeah. now that we're doing well again, so many teams do it. But uh, some gamesmanship last night, that first 20 minutes, I mean, the ball must have been in play for like six or seven minutes. They had a man go down injured after, I think, 90 seconds. Yeah. And he yeah, was down, because right. I looked at the clock and he didn't, play didn't resume until like, I think, three minutes 40 or something like that. So, yeah. you know, the game was sort of getting towards its fifth minute. <laughs> We've been playing for about 90 seconds. And then... Yeah, and then it happened again. We started really well after that, like mm. the, the, the second start. And then they went down again. And it just killed everything. And, and as you say, we've seen teams, we saw teams do it particularly early in the season. Preston did it to, to a degree. That's probably the worst we've seen it, I'd say, this season, maybe. But like you say, teams do do it. And you've got to score to make them not do it, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate when United do it as well. It's not what, mm. I'm, it's not what I'm in the. It's not what I watch football for, is, is that no. it, it drives me nuts. But um yeah. I think it's say. one thing holding it in a corner with five minutes to go, which I'm not a massive fan of, but you know, I can sort of see that. That's one thing. It's another thing doing it from the first minute of a game and saying basically, right, we're we're not here to play football, we just we just want to point and we want to go home. And it's you know, every I've always said there's no good way to play football, but I think there is unentertaining ways and Hull City was certainly that yeah I don't know what was wrong with the first injury I mean he must have had a cut or something like that I think, I think so he... yeah I mean they, I think they both went off with like blood on him I saw yeah, yeah but, but if he's got a, you know a cut then can he not just walk off the pitch and get treatment there I mean if he's I don't know it just took so long and I thought you know the referee's not moving this along at all it's quite instructive if you're a Hull yeah. player of like we can get away with a lot here. And, That's um, it. I, I think you were a weak ref, and, the, and straight away, and I'm not blaming all for this, they thought, we'll make a fool out of this guy easily. And yeah. they did. Every goal kick. Are we going to take this one short? Mm, nah, we're not, actually. Let's wave then, everybody what forward. What about that is that the, the final kick that they did, the goal kick, where there were like no seconds left, the referee decided, right, come on. It's like, what way have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Very frustrating. Um, like, that really did annoy me. Uh, yeah. I guess Hull, they had a few dangerous moments. They just, a lot of them came from poor play from us. Um, yeah, yeah. Lewis Potter's a really good player. I'm sort of I surprised saw, he's still there. Yeah, I am. I saw, I think with DC Blade on S2, describe Hull as 10 League One players and Lewis Potter, which is probably, yeah, probably yeah. about right. He'll probably be a Premier League player next season, I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. Um, or at the, at the very least, a you know, signed for like a someone who just got relegated from the Premier really League. Really impressed with him. Really, really impressed with him. Yeah, he had a, you know, it just, I mean, he, he gave uh, he gave Basham real problems again, I thought, in terms of Basham had another difficult game defensively, got mm. skinned a couple of times. I thought that's one of the worst I've seen Basham, actually, for a long, long yeah. time. Um, I'm, again, I'm not going to go on in him because he's, he's been fan. Again, he's got money in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Even this season. So, well, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. arguably, especially this season. We didn't really mention this, but I think one of the real black marks on Slav's time here is Chris Basham wasn't in his best team. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks yeah. more and it, it makes more sense now that in a way that you've got Ben Davis and and Charlie Good who we've not seen yet obviously as well this you know he picked Robinson above him as a two anyway anyway, yeah. anyway sorry yeah, going, going backwards there yeah he had a he had a couple of good moments that he gave Baldock problems as well yeah. Um, but yeah ultimately you know most of Hull's chances came from uh, a, a very curious performance from Oliver Norwood how yes. 
I mean, it, it, I almost felt like he was trolling us in the second half. Like The first half, he was fantastic, I thought. I all. thought he had a really good game, apart from six specific passes where for yeah. no reason at all, he just set Hull on the attack. There, there was someone just like, I was just looking around saying, is, is this, like you said, like, is it trolling? Is this like you've been framed, Beatles about? It'd be a piss straight, wouldn't it? But like, do you know what I mean? Because he kept doing it. And then there were the worst thing that he did for me, though, were not the, the, the silly passes, but that cross quite near the end. Do you know when he used it at the first man? Like, I don't so, actually I, remember that. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought he was really good first half. And I think for, the, for a lot of the second half, he did good things. Mm. But, oh, those passes, I just... He does this quite a lot, and I don't know why. And who did one, obviously, in the first half as well? That's true, yeah. That uh, that led to... Was that the forced chance? I think it might have been where he, yeah, he that's put right, it wide. Yeah, and that would just... Well, I, I, it was a straight pass straight to him. It's like, what are yeah. you seeing? And he's another one I thought had a good game overall. I really like watching them too, you know. I've yeah. really come round to the idea... I mean, especially when teams sit off them, which obviously Hull, Hull did. They don't don't press much at all. Mm. Um and that's why we had, I think it was 73% possession in them. I'm saying this in hindsight. Maybe we should have brought Berger on earlier because they, when teams are that deep, they, you probably don't need both of them. I think it was fine mm. in the first half and it was a bit more open. They were getting deeper and deeper. And as, as we saw with Berger comes on, just someone to run at them. But I think overall, they can dictate and control, get, get you in control of a game straight away, those two. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty much just as good in the second half, no, to be honest. You know, there's one. Really good cross from a deep position, which uh, mm. it was a McBurney header, um, yeah. which he did really well to get it even close to the goal, to be honest. Um, and a couple of other, you know, good good moves and good passes like that. Um, just a really odd performance, but I mean, he's, in terms of, I just thought it was really good apart from like, what are you doing? Please stop yeah. doing that. Why, yeah, why? There was one bit where he did it like within the same minute. Yes, it was the same move. He, uh, he had the same move. He, like, what, he gave it away. It again. Like, gave it away, <laughs> won it back on the edge of our box and then uh, gave it away again. Oh, I will just say this actually, talking Norwood and defensively. Um, so I was uh, skipping ahead a little bit, but I was looking at some stats for Swansea. Um, mm. And I noticed a certain name pop up in a lot of defensive categories. So this is all all championship players, not just midfielders. Uh, it's based on per 1,000 opposition touches. So how many defensive actions you've done per 1,000 opposition touches, basically. Norwood is second in the league out of all players for tackles won, 14th for interceptions, and 13th for ball recoveries. I've out of all players in the league. Tackles won. The, the interceptions I can sort of see because he is he's positionally very good and he, he does intercept quite well. Tackles, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about. How many tackles have been made? There's no tackles this season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is only like, it's like 2.5 per yeah. opposition touches. Yeah. But yeah, he's second in the league in that. I mean, that's... He even went on an amazing run yesterday. He did. And then... The slowest fun. run, I said, like, it was, like, over 75s football. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Masters that they used to have on Yeah, the, yeah or, like, the, or Father Ted, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Um, but those are pretty good numbers, considering, uh, you know, and he, he plays in a team that has the ball for the, um, the mm. third highest amount in the league. So, yeah, it just underlines how good his season has become i think um yeah and look yeah he, he does he did some atrocious passes and if one of them leads to a goal they're like oh my but yeah. overall we saw against Huddersfield, we are so much better with him in the, him in the team and uran now to be fair yeah yeah we we should revisit our um i've been thinking about this you know we did our like uh build around get rid of squad rankings yeah. 
we should revisit that and see if anyone's uh, well, who's moved up and down. I suppose. Um, a couple of other players I wanted to pick out uh, to discuss performance. Uh, I thought I thought George Baldock had a really tough game. Uh, oh, just underlining everything that I find frustrating with Baldock in terms of so many of our moves break down when he gets the ball. I'm, I'm not, I don't mean that he gives it away necessarily, but it just it just doesn't offer a, a threat at all. Like considering the amount, and this is this is not new. This has been his entire Blades career. Yeah, he's not going to change now. Let's the, be honest. The amount of times uh, he gets the ball in dangerous positions is great. Like you know, that is a skill in itself. But mm. the amount of times he gets it versus the amount of times something good comes out of it is just so low. And look, I know he got an assist in the last home game, and then obviously he was playing on the uh, left wing back yeah, against but, Huddersfield. But yeah. yeah, this uh, this this really pained me. And I thought Norton Davis wasn't that much better on the other side. To be honest, I, in, in attack anyway. Davis. I thought Norton Davis defensively were fantastic, put some mm. great tackles, real energy, almost Baldock style energy. I thought from Norton Davis as well. The problem, I think, his touch were better and his passing, like in the fight, his, his problem is the final for that final ball. Is sort of always seems to hit the first man every single time. I think the difference with Norton Davis and Baldock, I suppose you could say, is this is his first full season with us. He's twenty two and whatever, mm. and I think I have seen improvement of him in, in, in under Eckingbottom. He's certainly not the finished article or anything. I think the problem with Baldock is he's getting to the point. But our main attacks came down the wings because the whole let that happen. There are play, you know, they they had to clog up certain positions in the pitch, and they did the middle because they knew NJ and Gibbs White were the danger, the mm. danger players. I think they sort of knew as well. And you've said it before that there's a reason why, you know, our fullbacks get on the ball so much, and it's because a lot of the time it's because. The, the opposition say, yeah, have it. We're happy for you to have it and we'll deal with it. Yeah. Well, that was one of my major bugbears about uh, most of last season was just like how many of our attacks just end with us, you know, getting it to a wing back and crossing it into a packed penalty area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, although, yeah, we weren't... I think you, you nailed my main frustration with Norton Davis. The amount of blooming crosses that just... just He just hits straight into the defender and... Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just... I've seen people saying he looks like properly athletic. I don't know if I'm just seeing a different game here or something. Like, I think he looks quite slow. You know, like, am I, I don't way am the, I way off piste with this? I don't think he's got much pace that I've seen. I, mean, I don't think he's necessarily slow. Like, I don't think he's sort of Norwood slow, if you know what I mean. But I think I don't he's, feel like he can knock it round no, someone and like, no, but even no, no, even no, you know, make half a yard of space for a cross, and that's why. It yeah. keeps getting blocked. He seems to have really yeah. good energy, you know, good stamina. Like you say, he's not slow, but I think he's slow in possession. If you if you get me, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think I, I couldn't fault him last night in the sense of his work ethic and his sort of defensive light. I thought he were really sound, albeit mm. against the poor side. Whereas the other side, to be fair, I thought Potter gave Baldock and Basham real issues. Maybe that'd have been different if Potter had been on the other side. But I think defensively, he never got done. I think he's always willing, always an outlet. But as you said, it's that final ball. And and it reminds me a lot of Baldock in, in that sense, in that sort of final third. You think, oh, he's, he's really going for it. He's put the energy in. And then, oh, is it the first man? Or, you know, yeah. is it too far or whatever? And, and like you say, with Bald, Baldock, I, I don't see how that changes. I think you might be able to get away with one of them. Yeah, but, uh, just about to say this, yeah. That yeah it, it's a problem Baldock when it's both sides. Yeah, 
Yeah, completely. Yeah. And obviously, and maybe we should have changed it up. Maybe we should have said, "Look, let's let's bring Berger on." He would get so much joy down that right hand side. I don't know. Maybe we could have sort of pushed him almost like into a wing position, but I don't know. It's easy yeah. to say, isn't it? But yeah, probably a bit risky with uh, the game Lewis Potter was having. That's I think. it, and yeah. That, yeah, and you have to. And yeah, we do. We don't really have the options on the bench, do we, right now? No. Because uh, no. Stevens is injured, Osborne's injured, Max Lowe's not here. And uh, unfortunately, the person we haven't mentioned yet uh, and the person who has been a major threat at wing-back is uh, Jaden Bogle, who now has a knee injury. And uh, mm. I don't know, that's a bit concerning as well that they're talking about, uh, Heckebot was talking about having to manage that carefully. So I don't know if that's going to mm. be a, we just risk him. But really, he probably shouldn't be playing anymore or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't. I, yeah, I don't like this. I didn't like the sound of that at all, to be honest. I mean, I, he seemed to be struggling a little bit, I thought, uh, Huddersfield. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll massively miss him if we. I can't think of. I don't know how we'll replace that sort of creativity without him because he's basically putting everything on, on Gibbs White and Enjai to create something if he's not yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, it. it that is, yeah, it could be that big a difference to our season, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he could really impact us like that. Um, so hopefully he's okay to uh, at least feature in, you know, the next few weeks, I suppose, without, um, and if he does, without uh, exacerbating it. But yeah, that, you know, it, I just find it kind of painful to watch um, those two wing backs at the moment. And look, you're, you're right, I, Norrington Davis. I think four or five times last night he did a, a fantastic bit of defending in like a quite a critical situation as well, you know, where Hull were on, on the counter-attack or, you know, looked like they were just about to beat, uh, beat a man and get in the box. And, yeah, he um, he did also set up a couple of good opportunities uh, with his passing and his crossing. There was mm. one I'm still not totally sure how it didn't end up in a goal where he like, uh, you know, sc- uh, no, I think Norwood picks him out. And this was on constantly through the first half, I thought. I was like screaming at Norrington Davis to just get forward more. Yeah, yeah. He just had like the freedom of the left-hand side of the pitch, basically, behind their right back. Mm. Um, but he roll, you know, plays it across the box and gives White sort of, I don't know, he almost gets levered past it by the defender and it ends up just getting sort of squirted mm. into the keeper's arms, unfortunately. But yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I think, I just think, so yeah, I thought he was, a, you know, a fine game, as in, you know, like six out of ten kind of game from Norrington Davis. But yeah. you pair it with, uh, a similar lack of effectiveness down the other wing, and yeah, that's uh, that's difficult against a team that doesn't want to give you any space, which Hull obviously didn't. Whatever's happening with Bogle will be huge. I think you're right with that. Uh, George Honeyman, my favourite player. <laughs> he's, just, he's bad at football, isn't he? He's just not very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still we still laugh about it now. The uh, the red half of Sheffield's description yeah. of him after the the away <laughs> game, which I won't repeat on here, but. <laughs> I think you even saved yeah. the saved the audio clip of it, didn't you? I did. I'm on my old phone. I ain't got it anymore, but I'm sure I can dig it out. Uh, but yeah, fantastic description and completely spot on as well. Completely spot on. They describe him perfectly. Did you think this was a red card? I thought we were going to send him off. I've not seen it back, but I thought they were going to send him off. Yeah, I thought he was going to send him off as well. Live, I thought it was a red card. So we're on the counter attack. Norrington Davis gets absolutely totaled like chopped in half by Honeyman a very mm. a totally cynical challenge I think you could make a case that it was a worse 
certainly a more dangerous tackle than what Livermore got sent off for. Yeah, um, and the fact the is he before. didn't go for the ball whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There was no intention to get the ball. It wasn't. He couldn't even argue with that. It wasn't just late. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. He was genuinely just trying to foul him very, very hard, and that is exactly what he did. Yeah. And uh, Norton Davis, to his credit, but also his, his his discredit, I suppose, gets up straight away. Basically, you know, there's no rolling around. Yeah. Contrast that with Hurahan last week. He made sure the referee made a you know had a proper think about it, and Livermore ended up getting sent off. And yeah, this uh, this game's very different if it is a red card. If uh, you know the red card does come out. Uh, in yeah. the interest of fairness, George Baldock does a much worse tackle, in my opinion, <laughs> later in the game. He did really did, yeah. Very yeah. lucky not to get a red card for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there you go. Two wrongs don't make a right. And obviously, no. uh, yeah, game's very different if that's a, if that's a straight red, as I really... I'm sure there's other podcasts been. out there who describe George Baldock as uh, the red off described <laughs> George Unum, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, I don't like him. Um, Berger, as you said, really good cameo. Enjoyed that. Um, I mean, it wasn't like I feel like I've seen him play better this season, but yeah, I just think he added something that the uh, that no one knew around did, which was driving forward. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, I thought Injai had a, a really off game. Gibbs White's not at his best, and I think he came in just gave us that something extra. And you wonder if he'd have come on earlier, maybe he'd have got more out of it. But yeah, I wonder if he. I wonder if he would play, like, maybe he would play where Njai This is what I'm thinking at the weekend. I mean, there's a there's a shout for Gibbs White, Berger and uh, Sharp up front, I think. I quite like to see that, even though it's it's not Berger's natural game, but it's sort of, uh, that that's what we want, isn't it? That's what we want Berger's yeah. natural game to be, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not totally sure whether that's that's going to work or not, but we'll see. Um... Uh, I guess we shouldn't, shouldn't avoid mentioning Hull throwing flares on the pitch at nil <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! That. I mean, that's that. I it's up there with Wednesday throwing the shirts in their way and at nil nil. I mean, it's a good point for him. I'm not knocking that, but he, I was just a bit confused. Like, <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> it has made a really good photo with uh, Wes Fodringham, and if you've not seen that, of him. I've not seen that actually. No, it's just sort of taking a goal kick and he, like surrounded by orange smoke. And he has the most bemused expression on his face. It's like they're celebrating him for yet another clean sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe they were, yeah. Clean sheet wears strikes again. Um, So we we didn't make all our subs, did we? Uh, It's just slightly surprising, but yeah, as we said. Don't uh, get that, especially all the games and stuff. I don't. Yeah, I guess. I I mean, what what would we have done? We'd put Fleck on maybe for. Well, Hurahan had already gone off. No, I sort of see it. If you're not, if you're saying we're going to leave um, McBurney on with Sharp, then you know you're swapping. You're having to swap Fleck for uh, Norwood, and you probably won't want to do that. I don't think. I think you'd want to leave Norwood on in case we've got a, a set yeah. piece. Although, yeah. oh god, I didn't want to mention this again, but this is another game where I'm just like, oh, if we were just average at set pieces, this is exactly the kind of game you just nick one nil with a. It got you know, to the point where. The, the final couple of corners, I, don't, I genuinely don't even know if I stu- stood up. Mm. So I thought, well, it's quite evidently not going to... We're not even going to get an header off it or anything. So. Yeah. 12 corners, and I think the most dangerous one was in the first half where we uh, Haran just pulls it back to Norwood, who you know completely slices his shot. But I feel like that's yeah. the, the best sight we had. Um, yeah, it's, oh, it's so bad. It dri- drives me nuts. Like, just in terms of... 
you know, the fine margins of winning a game like this or drawing it nil-nil, if you could just be more of a threat. And I know, you know, Hurahan had a shot from a free kick which deflected just wide, which I thought I thought might be in. And there was one corner where Egan, I don't know if you noticed this, but he kind of did what he did at their place where he, he span away from a block and he got free. And I was like almost celebrating a goal already, but then of course a whole player just headed it away in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, annoying. That's you know, like I say, those things could uh, tip the scales at the end of the season. And lose yeah, and obviously the biggest chances. Uh, Enjai is obviously the biggest chance of the game, uh, yeah. where obviously they're on the break. The, the funny, I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't realize at the time. Why is John Egan in the six yard box? <laughs> I think he starts the move actually. I think because it was like an ins- I didn't re- recognize it at the time. But I was watching like and it Gibbs White. It's like uh, Gibbs White. Yeah, passes it to NJ, and I'm like, oh, maybe he should square it. Who's that in middle? Egan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice <laughs> that either. Zooming after as well. Yeah, he um, yeah, keeper does well. I think uh, obviously two two one on ones missed, if you like, or saved yeah. in consecutive games for NJ, uh, which is obviously annoying. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I still feel with him, like we said, there's just a lot of credit in the bank in terms of how he looks the rest of the yeah, time. And yeah, completely. He's, and I hope he's that getting in get those one on ones. Yeah, and he's a young lad, and he's missed two now. And, he's, and he, once again, he had his head in his hands after, and he has got to start finishing him. There's no getting away from it. But you know, I'm sure if he gets one, he'll he'll get a couple more. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anything else to say about Hull, and then we'll finish with some quick words about Swansea. No, they're going to stay up, and we're probably not going to go. So we we'll have to play the idiots again next season. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, were actually all right. The view from I have to admit, they were actually all right. They basically said we deserve to win, and yeah, just one of those games. But they, one of them said something on the lines of they deserve to win, but we also deserved a point. It's like mm, yes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they worked hard, I suppose, and I guess at the end yeah. of the day, the keeper didn't actually make that many saves because our finishing was uh, various shades of um, poo, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, there was something I was going to say about this. No, I've forgotten it. Uh, no, not sure. We'll move on. Uh, so we've got Swansea on Saturday. Uh, you'll like this one. This is my, my stat that I mentioned to you earlier. Yeah, you, you said uh, you've got a stat lined up for me. Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, Are they the, the best pressing team in the league or something? It's, it's along those lines. I said it was yeah. something you're going to hate. Swansea are the only team in the championship without a set-piece goal this season. What? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, get my Bernie in. <laughs> <laughs> I said you wouldn't like it. Um, they do also have the lowest uh, XG from set pieces, so it's not a total fluke, but zero goals from uh, from almost six Bro. XGs. Su- suggests they've been pretty unlucky, or they're just really bad at finishing set piece chances. Um, <clears throat> this team, Swansea, are the, the anti-West Brom in possession. They are the most methodical team in the league. Obviously, they have the... The highest average possession by mile, uh, the most passes per possession, the longest time per possession. Yeah. Very, very slow to get up the pitch. Um, quite aggressive presses. They're just not very good at it. They're um, bottom three for uh, high turnovers ending in a shot, bottom 10 for total high turnovers. Another game we should win, really. They're, they're better than Hull. They will obviously have much more possession than yeah. Hull have and try and keep hold of the ball. But then... A lot of it's quite deep, you know, like Norton and uh, Cal Norton, that is, and uh, oh, I can't remember the other, the other defender's name now, are like, uh, yeah, I know you mean. they average like a million passes a game, basically, because their build-up is so slow. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, it's, it's not. Uh, it, it could still be quite a frustrating defensive. I think it game. will be. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it as a game. I'm yeah. definitely not looking forward to it as a game because I think that there always seem to be dull matches against Swansea anyway. But hmm. the way they play, I think it'll be make for a very. I mean, everyone's a lot of people going at the atmosphere and stuff. Yeah, last night, I've got a feeling the atmosphere on Saturday will be really poor because I think it'll be they'll take the sting out of the game and make hmm. it really dull. I think you're probably right, yeah, in a different way. You know, the ball will be in play a hell of a lot more, but we will yeah. have we will have long periods where we don't touch the ball because they will just be very methodically knocking it about, uh, you know, side to side because that's what they do. Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know that they're particularly good at it in terms of, you know, the, the productiveness of that. I mean, where are they in the table? They're 15th, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were lower than that. They beat Bristol City on Sunday, didn't they, sir? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 16th at the moment. Um, mm. I mean, you know, a, a nothing season. They have more yeah. or less nothing to play for at this point. Uh, yeah. They are, what are they flipping out? 17 points clear of relegation and 11 points off the playoffs with no games in hand on six. So, yeah. Their season's done, if essentially, uh, but probably not going to be playing like they're on the beach, I suppose, unfortunately. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the, the trouble with drawing this whole game is it just, it really ramps up on the pressure, ramps up the pressure for us to win on Saturday, I think. It does, and that's the problem. I think if you win on Saturday, you can definitely say, oh, you know, we, we threw that away again. Well, not threw away, but, you know, we, we should have beat that against Beat Hole, but we're back in it again. You know, we're going to be in the playoffs again. Or we're, going to, we're only going to be, I think if we win on Saturday, we're, Forest have got Bournemouth, and I think Middlesbrough's got someone pretty poor. I can't remember who it is. But you'd think we'd probably be about seventh. Yeah. QPR lost last night, didn't they, Millwall? QPR lost to Millwall. Uh, Oli Burke got stretched off in that game. Yeah, uh, sounds like Luke bad. Freeman's out for the season. Freeman's well. out for the season, apparently. God, so, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, so he's not, not a great. Hopefully, I have to pay for this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him sending him back. Uh, but, yeah, yeah two poor loan signings for Millwall if it's the case that Berg's out as well but they're on a really good run Millwall actually obviously we've got them coming up mm. uh, a couple of games time so but yeah that's the last time they signed a play from us I think yeah probably yeah yeah. Uh, Jamie Patterson of Swansea is uh, one to watch I think he is mm. um, top 10 for chances created per 90 minutes this season he's, he's a long way back from people like Gibbs White and uh, yeah, yeah, Kearney yeah. and Harry Wilson but still he sits there in the top 10 uh, we've come across him before for uh, Bristol City, if you recall. I thought I was going to ask you if it were the same, yeah. The same, Jamie Patterson, yeah. He scored in that uh, immensely frustrating 2-1 defeat under Wilder uh, in the first half, if you remember, sort of a, a 25-yarder that went straight past uh, Simon Moore. Like, I think it was Simon Moore in net at that point. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I thought he should yeah, have yeah, saved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Yeah, yeah he should yeah. have. Watch out, anyway. watch out for him on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, be prepared for Swansea to have quite a bit of the ball and uh, take their time with it. Just, um, hey, at least it'll be in play and I'm not watching people take goal kicks very, very slowly is my uh, my anticipation. I'm for trying to think one. if it the last team we came up against who kept the ball. It might have been Fulham. Uh, yeah, but it went total domination, I didn't feel like. I think it was uh, like... But they, I'm sorry, a team who likes to keep the ball. Sorry. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it will have been, yeah, the... Um... Yeah, Swansea, Fulham, and then us is the uh, yeah the highest position. Because obviously, the, the reason to bring it over because obviously we've been dominating possession. Actually, the three I saw this stat. I can't remember who put it out. Actually, the our three highest uh, possession stats of the season have all ended up with us not winning. That's yeah. yesterday, Huddersfield at home and Birmingham in the first game of the season. 
Yeah, that's not surprising. No. You, you tend to have more possession when you uh, fail to win anyway. <laughs> or it seems that way because, yeah, you're, the other team is just like kick it away, basically. Which uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. That's what Hull did last night. Right, uh, anything else you want to chip in about uh, Swansea or Saturday or anyone who, you know, you want to see in the team, anything like that? Uh, the team, like I say, I, I, I think Sharp's going to have to come back in, and I think that's the main thing. Gibbs White obviously has to play, because I think we need to play him back into some sort of form and get his fitness back up and stuff. And mm. I don't know about Enjai, but I, I don't know. I, it's like, it's almost, you never know what the team's going to be at the moment. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a as a match, because it's nice to have something genuine to play for, which we've mm. not had basically all season. And uh, yesterday we were a, a frustrating two points drop, but you can fix it. You can fix it. I saw someone like, I don't know who it was, someone like putting on, I can't I think it was a nice two for him where he said, uh, I think that's the playoffs done now. It's like there's 16 games left and we're two points off the playoffs. In fact, we're even closer than that because we've got two games in Huddersfield and we're three off them. So Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, I, you know, I'm sort of, I guess uh, amplifying the importance of this Swansea game a little bit, and I'm kind of contradicting what I said on the last podcast, which is yeah. basically just but it know, is win, lose, game. win, lose for the rest of the season. You'd probably make the playoffs, but yeah. for every game you don't win, the pressure increases because you've you've got less games in which to make up the points that you've essentially dropped. So basically, the more points you drop against the lesser sides, which ones you have to say are one based on the table, and Hull obviously are. The more you have well. to, yeah, the more you're going to have to beat your likes of Fulham or Bournemouth or Forest. Or, you know what I mean? So, When was the last time we conceded a goal at home? Um, I think it was Blackpool. Yeah, it's going to be Blackpool and Millwall, surely. I, I can't remember which one came first. I'm it, just it, looking it up now. Uh, it was... Yeah, Blackpool, thirtieth yeah. of October, twenty. I know we've had a break in that, but that that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, what is there's five straight home clean sheets? I think one, two, three, four, five straight. Uh, yeah, five straight home clean sheets. Yeah, that that's Pretty impressive, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, that really is. I mean, obviously we've not we've let one goal in. What one, two, three, four, five, six. One goal in the last six. Yeah, you can't, you can't <laughs> complain about stupid, defense, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. words. Everyone doubted me when I put him in so high in the charts. But, you know, who's laughing now? <laughs> you and big words, right? That's that's where we will finish, mate. Um, what, what do you want to plug? I uh, just got the view from. Uh, view from all. They're all right, actually, uh, in comparison to what they normally are. Uh, but, yeah, they, they were obviously happy with the result. But, you know, I'll add the Swansea one up. Um Tomorrow, interesting with Swansea. Last season or the last time we were in the division with them, they were really, really downbeat. So we'll see what they've got to say for themselves. Mm. Yeah, I'm look. I mean, I'm looking forward to Saturday, regardless. I'm, uh, my yeah. brother's uh, my brother's coming up for a, a rare home game, and uh, yes, making it making a good day of it. I think is uh, is what we're yeah, going to do. Yeah, we're so. going to go out after and watch uh, Kelbrook and Amir Khan. So, are you actually going to the fight? No. No. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I'm just going to watch it. Um, is it I'm in up... Sheffield? Am I being an idiot? I don't know where it is, actually. I really, really don't know where it is, but it's two people past the peak having a go at each other, a bit like us and Swansea. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so you're just watching it down the pub or something. Yeah, I'm just going to watch it in the pub. I don't even know where it is. I've tried to find it, but yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, the AO Arena. Is that in Sheffield? 
Is that, is that what they call the Sheffield Arena now? This is this is great content. You can turn off any turn off any time if you listen to this. Yeah. It's in uh, it's in Manchester. There it's we Manchester. go. That's it. Satisfied, satisfied my own curiosity. Which yeah. Is, is so I'm going to be of... watching it after that, and uh, yeah, obviously cheering on Kelby and a blade and all that. Oh, I absolutely right. right. Nice one, mate. Well, that is Roy's view from .com. Follow Andrew at Panchero. Follow me at BlazePod. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks very much for uh, to everyone for downloading and listening. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thanks as always uh, to yourself, mate. I will uh, hopefully catch up with you on Saturday for a, a drink or two. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Hello again, BladesPod listeners. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And thank you also to NordPass, the leading password manager who kindly support this podcast. NordPass is brought to you by the cybersecurity experts who built NordVPN, another friend of the podcast, of course, who you will have heard earlier, and uh, are used by more than 14 million people worldwide to get added security and speed when using the old internet there. Uh, NordPass is everything I need in a password manager. It keeps all my passwords in one place. It's accessible with just a single master password, means that's the only thing I need to remember, and they can generate ultra-secure new passwords with just a single click. Their autofill feature also helps me log in near instantly to whatever site or account I'm using without having to rack my brains for whatever details I came up with months or years before when I created that account. And NordPass are offering a great deal to BlazePod listeners of this month. You can get 52% off NordPass if you sign up at nordpass.com slash BlazePod or just use the code BlazePod on sign up. That's 52% off a two-year plan plus one month absolutely free. Head to nordpass.com slash BlazePod now and boost your own online security. Thank you once again for listening and downloading BladesPod. We'll be back after the next game.